So I, I just stepped out of the shower, and um, as one does, I I asked Google to, to play me some uh, Walk a Flock of Flame. And, uh, <laughs> uh, this is all fun and good, because everybody, everybody needs to go hard in their paint every now and then. Um, Fucker! Fucker! <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and then I I had some I, I, I had to do some DM some people on Discord, and I, I noticed, I didn't know up until this point that... Uh, if you play on your Google Home uh, on Spotify, it actually also shows up on on Discord. And uh, after <laughs> Google was done playing Walk a Flock of Flame, it went on to um, play a song title with like three hard N-words in it. And I was playing it, <laughs> displaying it publicly to like a group of 80 people that I'm in at the moment. I remember, I remember back when you had, uh, not MSN Messenger, but actually Windows Messenger. And it would show the song you were playing. It oh, would yeah. take that information from media player. Uh, the funniest part is when a guy I knew, we would always see what porn he was watching because he snipped up the information from VLC. <laughs> <laughs> so we would be like, after a while, like, hey, uh, David, maybe you should like turn off that thing where you're wanking it. Because <laughs> it was like, now he's watching like Polish woman gets, you know, the thing. <laughs> what thing? <sighs> Uh, so, so when a man when a man loves a woman to a certain degree, is this they from do the downloading porn days? I, I think that's dead right now, right? I guess streaming saved it many people yeah. from embarrassment. Although open windows, like in school presentations and stuff, uh, uh, open up a whole new wave of embarrassment. Also, that nasty cast button. That one, is, uh, that one is that one is it's uh, dangerously close in the media player on a lot of websites uh, including those on not pg rated websites so to speak so <laughs> i think i think they have designed i wonder if i wonder if they have like a subscription where like if you pay like the youtube red thing for whatever porn sites people are using I wonder if it's like they removed the cast buttons. So you don't have to worry about it. So it's like people are just getting the subscription to avoid the bad embarrassment. I think I read somewhere that someone was also like uh, watching porn on their phone and they accidentally had their Bluetooth speaker connected in the kitchen. So it was like they were like raising the volume because nothing was happening. So it was like <laughs> they, their mom was like, Patrick, and like screaming. <laughs> oh, I, I need to tell you about this. I have a story from... Uh, one of my previous jobs. So I worked for customer support for Satellite TV and they had two different services. There was like one of them was called like uh, on demand where you use like rented movies through digitally so you can like download them to the set top box. Then there was another one that was like you paid and then you got a satellite signal for a channel that would be playing for 24 hours. So you got for 24 hours, you got access to the porn channels. And then uh, a mother calls us and she's like, why the fuck do I have like this thing on my invoice? It's like, we haven't, we don't have any internet connected to our set top box. And I'm like, it's, it's not the, the digital thing. And she's like, oh, what is this thing you call? Like, what is this thing on my invoice? And she, I go like, it's the er erotic channel. <laughs> and, and then I, I hear her go like, ah. Marcus, <laughs> like screaming after Marcus in the background, and then she hangs up pretty quickly. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I've laughed that hard as I did in that show. Uh, if I can go for one more story, I have one more story. <laughs> An old grandmother was trying to change the 
uh, the SCART cable on her set-top box, and my friend was talking to her on the phone. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, nice phone, because he's just got the new Samsung Galaxy. And as I'm picking it up, he takes his microphone on his uh, cable and presses the button, and it goes like, if you touch that, I'm going to kill you. And then he hears like the customer going like, what? <laughs> because the button didn't activate. So she was like, are you going to kill me for changing the SCART cable on my set-top box? He's like, no, 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 I was just threatening my friend because he's going to take my phone. <laughs> Speaking of threatening people... Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Please Don't Hate It, the podcast where we mostly hate the stuff even though we said please before the sentence. My name is Ned and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Pontus and Philip. And uh, this week I chose, you know, your typical blockbuster action movie for my heterosexual co-hosts uh, and it's called The Devil Wears Prada starring Sylvester Stallone, no, Meryl Streep. Uh, take it away, boys. <laughs> Give me a, a little recap of what happened in that movie and why it's so iconic. Okay, so Anne Hathaway plays Andy Sachs. She, uh, she's like a journalist, reporter, grad student. And uh, she's trying to get ahead in Manhattan, but she can't get a job in journalism. So she gets instead a job as an assistant for uh, the editor of a runway magazine. And that person is uh, Miranda Priestley, who has played my Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep's character, she is a very difficult and high-maintenance person who demands a lot out of Andy. And as the movie goes on, it's basically her being tormented and dragged to the hell by Miranda, who is trying to shape her into becoming a more like fashionable person. That's because, you know, Anne Hathaway, she dresses so bad in the beginning. is like, she, I don't know, she wears like Manchester. It's... It's just, uh, corduroy. Wouldn't you, yeah, corduroy. Wouldn't you agree, Ned, that it's like, it's horrendous. Like, the movie is really on point by saying that she looks bad, right? Oh, she looked horrible. Anne Hathaway, queen is. of transformations, ever since The Princess Diaries. Yes. So, uh, at one point when there's like, are you actually wearing that? I'm looking at the outfit going like, is it just that I'm way too outdated with fashion? Or is it hasn't that kind of fashion gone, gotten back into style? Like, because a lot of the stuff, I'm like, I, I could see someone wearing this on, like, Instagram or, like, mm -hmm. TikTok. I don't But anyways, the whole movie is just her becoming more and more close and more and more of a good assistant and servant to Miranda Priestley's character. Mm -hmm. And then you find out some more about Miranda Priestley and uh, her sort of problems in her personal life with her husband. And then uh, finally we get to the climax, the last 10 minutes, when she kind of realizes, oh, I don't want to be this person. And then she... Goes away on her own, and uh, I don't really remember what happens then because we're I just moving to Boston. Yes, she moves to Boston, and uh, yes, the crux, of the the basically the arc of the movie is that Miranda uh, Ash uh, Andy is being shaped into a person more like in Miranda style, and then at the last second she kind of goes, "No, I don't want to be this." She chickens uh, the fuck out. So, do you have anything to add about the plot, Philip? Um, no. Perfect. So, do you want to tell us, Ned, why you chose this movie? I like, okay, I, I understand it's an iconic movie, and I can totally see how it has its place in time, uh, why mm. it was popular, but 
what's your personal story with this movie? That's basically like what it was because it is so iconic. And I just saw that you hadn't watched it. But my own personal story is that this is probably like the most rewatchable movie for me. Even if it like if I catch it on TV and I see just a small part of it, I immediately head to a streaming service where I can find it and I start it again because the moment I like that I it didn't glimpse, I like that it didn't watch it on the TV that you actually had to go to a streaming service to watch it. <laughs> no, I don't want to be like I don't want to have commercials. I don't want them ruining my mood. I imagine if they did that in one of Miranda's monologues and just cut it with the with the commercial, I'd kill myself. Trigger warning. Um I mean, trigger warning before that. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I uh, I think that all of the performances here are just so powerful. And you have these like super iconic people like Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, and uh, Mr. Stanley himself. And uh, I just, this like, ugh, I can't. Like every single piece of dialogue, I'm like, yeah, remember, memorized. I'm going to quote this later at a bar or something. It's going to be my party trick. I know her monologue <laughs> from when she says the, the thing about the cerulean sweaters. That's how much I love this yeah. movie. And then okay, you got to like, hit us with it now. It's pretty I'm, long, though. I may be a bit rusty, but well, I remember I put that. Put your money where you want. It was. I was like a box of cerulean sweaters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, Andy said something like, oh, I'm not really into this stuff. And then you have Miranda, like, looking above her glasses. And she's like, this stuff? Oh, okay, I see. You think that this has nothing to do with you. You go to your closet and you select, I don't know, um, that lumpy blue sweater that you're wearing because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. Um, but what you don't know is that sweater is not just um, blue. It's not turquoise. It's not lapis. It's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that uh, Oscar de la Renta in 2002 did a collection of cerulean gowns. And then I believe it was Yves Saint Laurent who, um, ah, I forgot this. Wait, uh, wasn't it who showed cerulean military jackets? I think we need a jacket here. <laughs> I love this part where they were like building the outfit and she's doing her monologue and everything. And then she's like, and then Cerulean quickly showed up in the department stores and then trickled on down to some tragic uh, casual corner, I think it was, um, out of some box where he picked it up and then I forgot it. But uh, yeah, I knew this by heart. <laughs> I like the fact that that speech is sort of cements that uh, Miranda Priestley is the Ronald Reagan of fashion in the trickle down <laughs> fashion. Explain. And, uh, it kind of made me go like, oh yeah, I'm actually not supposed to like her. Because that's when I realized it. Because up to that point, I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to dislike her or not. Oh, who did you think was the main villain of the movie? Uh, in the beginning, I actually kind of felt like, uh, like okay, okay, so Miranda Priest's character, Meryl Streep, she was very, like, difficult. You can tell that she, but that she's high maintenance. But she didn't seem like, um, it didn't come off as mean. It came off more like she doesn't care. It doesn't mm -hmm. seem like she was doing all the stuff she did just because she wanted to fuck with Andy. Meanwhile, uh, Anne Hathaway, Andy, the way she acted at work and the fact that she was like, the, when she gets in there and she goes, like, I, I don't really, like, when everyone is telling her that, oh, you should know that this is a job that, like, there are millions of girls who are, like, dying to get and they would kill to get this position and you're squandering it. At that point, I was kind of like, yeah, sensible person, outside of a movie world would probably be like yeah maybe this is like a a job more fitting for someone else because like mm -hmm. there, there's like the she should she should have had the opposite of imposter syndrome like yeah 
or she should have had imposter syndrome like I shouldn't be here uh, so I kind of disliked her at that point but uh, I completely agree with what you're saying about the dialogue to me the dialogues in this movie are kind of like if Aaron Sorkin who directed social net like who made social net uh, he wrote social network and and the West Wing and newsroom if yeah. people actually talked in real life in a way where he does it would be like the dialogues in this movie because his dialogues are very like they're very clever, but they're very full of themselves and no one speaks like it. This movie is like, oh yeah, I can actually see how people act like this in real life. I, I think I love like the most of this dialogue scenes when they're in the bar like and in her friends because it, it felt very natural how they were sort of riffing off each other. And uh, when she comes there and gives them all of the extra fashion that Miranda didn't want. What do you think, Philip? So, <clears throat> I... I, I have a bit of beef now with uh, how uh, Ned said that, oh, he didn't choose a white boy a heterosexual action movie. He chose this movie instead. And uh, I... Is it men's right activist <laughs> Philip coming out now or like, what? <laughs> watching Casino Royale last week, I wasn't, I wasn't excited to see it. I wasn't... I had very low expectations. So it's like I'm, I'm pretty much over action movies at this point. It has to be like something absolutely spectacular for me to like even like bat an eye at it because I, I did just bore me most of them at this point i guess it's the marvel fatigue but uh like this movie i was excited about because uh i've like i i've seen so many movies l recently that like aren't made for me that i really enjoy and uh like also this movie like it's i mean it's I've seen it's it's been around, you know. I've seen it in the peripheral a lot of time, and you know, kinda, you know, when you, you never see the movie, but you like you think you've seen the movie because you kind of made up like what the movie is in your head. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like I, I came into this movie, I was like, oh yeah, it's gonna be one of those fun. Like I was hoping it would be like my next Clueless or Joe and the Pussycats or like something like that. <laughs> and I was like expecting this like amazing, uh, like <clears throat> colorful Meryl Streep performance like a really like a villainous person and like this isn't the Meryl Streep movie this is an Anne Hathaway movie yeah and like it's an Anne Hathaway in the Oats movie and so I was I was very disappointed <laughs> damn because like <laughs> as, as someone who had like a, a younger sister <laughs> in the Oats I've seen so many <laughs> Anne Hathaway comedies and like they're like I have no personal beef with Anne Hathaway but like the Princess of Genovia. Oh my god. Yeah, there's just nothing there. I I like so she she is the main part of Deep's movie. And like I don't think she's a great comedic actress. No. No. That, that's I, no. I, I was thinking like are you the, the tangent I'm gonna go on about Anne I, I gotta continue and, as well. Okay, but so yeah, go on. No, go on. <laughs> uh, no, but like she I don't think she's a great comedic comedic actress. I guess she's a fine dramatic actress. Uh, but like my my, I've been yeah, I I don't look out for Anne Hathaway movies, and I didn't even know she was in this movie to begin with. I just knew it was like, oh, this is Meryl Streep, and Meryl Streep's performance in this movie is so flat. Like it is, she's this like very like, oh, I don't need to do that much to be like feared and respectful. I just need to talk in the super lo like lower voice and just be menacing, and it's like. I mean, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's like I was expecting something 
in a more like in the vein of Death Becomes Her, like something like a bit, you know, cartoonish, villainous. But it's she's she's just whispering half of the movie, and mm. yeah, most and of like the so cartoony fun. evil stuff is done by Emily Blunt. Oh, she was, uh, and she was a she, and she she's a pleasure in this movie. Yeah, I mean, sure, but like I thought this was gonna be a comedy, and it's like. I guess it's trying to be a comedy, but like no, nothing really landed. So it was more like a work workplace drama. So it's like it's it's neither Zoolander nor Whiplash, hmm. and like not so like it really did nothing for me. I don't I need see a it as Whiplash a comedy. version of this. You don't see it as a comedy at all. No, no, not at no. all. I just okay. I, to me, it, it's just it's like a genreless may, type of thing. <laughs> maybe like. I mean, yeah, I, I can see that point, but like, it's f- it's so like framed and paced and everything like a dramatic comedy, and like, but like the thing that confused me the most, and like, uh, this is like the last tangent I will go on with this movie is the soundtrack. It was so distracting. Like half mm-hmm. of the the score is heist movie all the time. It's like fucking yeah. heist soundtrack. And I'm like, why? What, what's go- why, why, why do we need to like make this? Because she's, oh, she's stressed. walking down the street and she's stressed. Yeah, so it's heist music. Mm-hmm. But it's like all the time. So it's complete like loses its meaning. And the rest is just like, <laughs> I've looked through my notes and most of them is just like, <laughs> like what the fuck is this seal cover? And then like, oh my God, <laughs> French dream a little dream of me. <laughs> Is it just me or did every song kind of like every every like a party song they had in the movie? It was like that, uh, like 2003 kind of music, the one like Murder on a Dance Floor. But it all reminded me so much of that song, The Seventh Element by Vitas. And uh, Philip, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to cut it in here because I think it sounds so much like that one. Oh, I'll get sued. Do we have the right? Can't do it. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, and I'm not gonna try and sing it because it's gonna be it's gonna be embarrassing. It's probably gonna make break my microphone if I try. Uh, I I like my the thing I wanted to bring up the tangent about Anne Hathaway is that I I don't I, like I don't think I've seen a single movie by Anne Hathaway where I was like Anne uh, uh, the only one I can think of that was like oh this is a great movie and I think it's great because Anne Hathaway is good in it is uh, colossal like I think she's great in that movie mm-hmm. but and uh, Rachel's uh, Rachel's getting married she's really good in those two and both I like those were like Catwoman too yeah but she's not like oh i don't think I, I think she could have been like that role had almost no like importance to the like emotional but she was hot part of them you know like yeah of course she was hot but then it's like i'm not gonna say she's a good actor because she's hot in that movie because <laughs> otherwise i would have seen like ten thousand of uh, and halfway movies but but the thing is i i can tell i can tell that she's not a bad actress like there are like if even I I will I will actually like defend her for her performance in Interstellar, even though a lot of people say like her speeches in that movie are what makes it bad. And I I think those are fine. Like I think she did as good of a job I mean, as she, she can. She plays a really bad character. I don't know like her. Yeah, yeah, but I I feel like if someone less good of an actress was playing her, those scenes would have been like two thousand times worse. Like they would have been much more like bad in the grand scheme of things in that movie. But then I started thinking, like, okay, but what should Anne Hathaway as an actress do? Like, what movies do we want to see her in? Like, what what type of movie where I go, like, oh, Anne Hathaway is playing this type of character makes me go, oh, shit, I want to see that. Like Musical theater. 
<laughs> like, but music, she's. No. I think she has a background in it. She was amazing in Les Mis. I think. I think that's her best role by far. I, I, I think I want to see her in like dark comedies. That's what I'm. I'm thinking. I want to see her like get down and dirty and do like fucked up weird comedies. That's what I think I want to see her in. Like an Yeah, Plata. I mean, I think <clears throat> I think she does like she does she does a good job in Disney movies. I think like. Isn't that what isn't the Elder Enchanted Disney movie, or it feels like it? Like, and she's ended up doing them now again, hasn't she? Um, Has she? She 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 was in that movie that got like, uh, <laughs> got like put on blast for doing the the whole finger thing. She's witches. played like a three finger characters, and it got like some heat for that. Yeah, yeah. witches. That was it. I have no idea. She didn't, <laughs> didn't need know. a remake at all. The original slaps. I didn't know we cancelled Anne Hathaway <laughs> for fake. She it was kind fingers. of like a self-cancel because people were like upset that she had uh they made her fingers kind of like this, like they were yeah. three fingers instead of five. Yeah, just doing gang yeah, signs. Yeah. Yeah, period. And mm, that was not gangy. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was so know, close to bloods. <laughs> so close. But um uh on Twitter, some people took offense because they, they thought that it was like she was making fun of disabled people and then she issued an apology, which, I mean, that was part of her character. I don't know why she had to apologize. Because I mean, they I, say she was that, like demonizing thing, disabilities. I thought that thing was ridiculous, but that's probably the most memorable thing about that movie. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to see her do like the dark comedies, like... Do you, do you, did you see that one that Megan Blair directed with Daniel Radcliffe? Like the I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I think she should have been in like a movie like that. But if I'm gonna give my complete honest review of this movie, it's like I feel like up until the last ten minutes of this movie, it feels like propaganda for vapidness because like the entirety of the movie is this character that is like. So when when it starts out, she's portrayed in a like she doesn't have very good fashion sense. That's how the movie portrays her. Uh, like the uh, uh, and then she starts being like groomed by Miranda and Stanley Tucci, who's in my opinion like the best actor in this movie. Oh, I, I he yeah, he was great in this. Yeah, I, I love Stanley Tucci, and he was great in this movie. So like he's giving her better fashion sense and shipping her up. And as as she does this, she becomes better at her job and like not not cause and effect, but she's become better at a job and so you sort of have like this progression of her becoming a more and more successful in her work even though like in the beginning of the movie it's very much like established that she's not in the environment she wants to be in but she's sort of like giving putting her dreams on hold to become a journalist just because like she gets more and more into this fashion world and at the same time like you have this typical trope of the boyfriend at home being like this is not who you are like why would you have changed so much much and uh and when those scenes are coming, like the movie is portraying it as he is being like the unreasonable one that he's sort of telling her that like, oh, you've changed it for the worse. But everything she's changing to is worse, like as a person. And, and I, as I was watching this movie, I was like, is this movie trying to say that like this progression of her of becoming like more and more shaped in the image of Miranda? Is that supposed to be a good thing that the movie is like? The movie is trying to say that it was a good progression. I was also thinking about that because, like, in the beginning, they call her like, "Oh, look at this fat pig," pretty much. 
Yeah, and, and, yeah. Which is like, I was like, okay, that's so ridiculous. But like, that's that's a whole like thing about like the fashion, blah blah blah, yada yada. Uh, but then towards the end, she has this like proud woman. She's like, oh, I'm a four now. Yeah, she I dropped two dress yeah. sizes. And it's like, and it's not Queen. played off as it's supposed to be. Like, oh, that's like fucked up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so the whole movie, I was going like, okay, so. Is this gonna end with her like becoming the new fashion person and she's like giving up her dreams and then like and the the the, the like date rapey guy who helps her get the Harry Potter book the the mentalist he's from the mentalist American um what's his face Colin Firth no no uh, Hugh Grant Hugh Gr- yes American yeah. Hugh Grant <laughs> American blonde Hugh Grant and mm-hmm. uh, so like he's uh, he. He's sort of like they're positioning him as sort of to be the replacement of the boyfriend at home because the boyfriend at home is like he's a he's a chef and he's like he's a working person sort of he's like a cold, yeah and uh, he's uh, that he's sort of like you've changed you've changed and at the same time this uh, American Hugh Grant is like oh you should be with me like you should be and the movie is sort of positioning this as being a good thing and then because it was it's. And it's like building up to this, and then like at the last second, like the last ten minutes, it's like, oh, he turns out to be an asshole. She realizes it. She looks at how Miranda is, and she goes like, I don't want to be this person. Like it's making me miserable. And she gets all 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 out of it. But during the whole momentum up to that up to that point in the movie, you have those scenes where it's like they're telling her that she's fat. She changes. She says that she loses weight. She. This is her boyfriend, even though her, his her boyfriend is just saying like, "Oh, you should, like, you should go for your dreams. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be this kind of person that you have become because, like, it's not who you've always wanted to be. Like, you wanted to be a journalist. Like, you've wanted to be this homegrown sort of uh, down and not down and dirty, but more like working kind of person and not this pretentious like fashion person. Uh, so f- for me, it was like, is this movie trying to say that this evolution is a good thing? And then, like at last second, he just pulls out, like pulls the rug on you. Like, nope, it was actually like a story about how changing yourself is bad. But the whole movie is just like it's building up to that to that point. And then at, at the last second, every, it just takes a complete right or left turn, and just says like, nope, it's not good. But everything in that movie up until that point has been building up and sort of using the framework for that to say tell that story. So there's not like there's not a lot of things in the movie saying in the movie's own like context saying oh these things are bad like it's just these things are things that she has to like go through and uh, like uh, uh like survive from and yeah it's it felt like propaganda for vapidness prosecution rests hmm. well i think the ending is the part that i disagree with the most because i don't think she should have gone back to to her boyfriend i to me he is the main villain of the movie I thought that he emanated small dick energy. He was insufferable in every scene that he was in. He didn't respect even like the change that she she went through because she she was still like a nice person to him. She was just busy and he couldn't like comprehend that people with stressful jobs like hers can be busy like a lot of the part of, you know, the the 24 hours that we have every day. And I thought he was just being a little bitch. Well, apparently, <laughs> and he was just being a little bitch about it. And at some point, I genuinely thought Anne Hathaway's character was happy. I thought that she finally felt like more confident in the world. She was this 
hot ass bitch. She was making her money. She was traveling. She was meeting new people. And I thought she should have left his ass. So what that one guy, the blonde Hugh Grant, was a disappointment. There's plenty of others that she can choose from. And why was did she, she go even back to like me? a dick? Or did he just like made a power play against uh, Meryl Streep? That was it, right? Yeah. No, there was also the whole like uh, pretty date rapey scene yeah. when uh, she's like, "Stop kissing me," and he's like, "I'm gonna try again," and then he just keeps on going. I'm like, "I missed that." This is sending bad. It's sending yeah. bad. Uh, he vibes. was a douchebag for sure. But yeah. <laughs> I, my beef is with Nate always because I see that character in a lot of other movies. I see him in A Star Is Born when uh, uh, Bradley Cooper's character is like. Oh no, she started making pop music. Guess I'm gonna go back to alcohol now because she's not the same woman as before. Bullshit. I think they should born respect. Is fucking terrible. Um, the first thirty minutes are good, then it just goes downhill. But um, yeah, I I think um, men should learn how to respect uh, a, a woman changing, a woman evolving, uh, the metamorphosis of women, even though they might consider it like going for the worst make if she maybe she came off a little bit shallow because she started appreciating the finer things in life but at the same time <laughs> i thought that she was in her right and she actually became a bit closer to what she kind of wanted to become even though she didn't know it at the start but yeah maybe then you go to your dream job in a stupid office with you get bronchitis from all the dust there and you start getting allergies but if that's your dream just then go for it but i feel like she was pressured into like okay i'm gonna be humble now again because uh, my boyfriend doesn't like it i did not get that like i even read the on wikipedia there was like uh, a fallout or like a lash what's it called lash back, backlash. backlash backlash against uh, <laughs> nate and that and Hathaway was actually like the one like coming up and defending the character and going like, nope, I think he did a fine job. And and uh, I sort of read that they changed this. They rewrote a lot, of, a lot of the scenes around him because they wanted him to come off as less unreasonable because they're, they're oh, a so lot of times worse than the original. Yeah. Yeah. So like there are a lot of scenes in the movie, like the one where he's annoyed that she didn't come home for his birthday. His reaction. <laughs> <Valid. wasn't>, like. <laughs> Uh, his reaction wasn't as severe as it used to be. It was more like this time he he didn't want they didn't want it to portray it as a way where he's like throwing a tantrum and trying to manipulate her. If the, the finished script they got instead, this is him being like showing that he feels sad and hurt and that he's sort of like walking away. But if you compare this character to how it could have been written compared to a lot of other movies, it feels so respectful and like whenever she says like this is what i want to do he pretty much goes like okay yeah and he tries to understand it but then you have a lot of scenes when he's like you've like you've become a very bad person compared to how you used to be and when when she, he was saying that i was like yeah like she's turned into a in my opinion like a more shallow person and i feel like usually like i might be heading into dangerous territory here but it's like usually like the stories is like the main the main person is a man Who's like doing the, the same thing, you know, traveling up the, in the career ladder, and then the, it's the wife at home who's like supportive at first, and then like hates everything about it, and it's like taking the kids and like it's fucking, um, it's the Godfather, Madman, yeah, everything <laughs> like that, and it's it that's like a trope, and like here that same trope is like it's reversed, gender reversed, but like I th also thought he was played like pretty, like laid back like it wasn't a he was barely in this movie to, like and also like yeah he seemed like pretty reasonable 
reactions through most of it. Yeah, it didn't seem like he was wanting to hold her back. He was just like saying like the way I'm used to you being and the way I would prefer you being is this way, but we'll respect that. And but I will still be like sad because we lost something. So I but I I feel like me and Philip might have a completely different perspective on this movie compared to like how a lot of other people watch this movie, like especially Ned. Because <laughs> Ned, yeah. do you want to work in fashion? No, I don't, because it seems stressful. <laughs> but, uh, I also don't want this lame man in my house. Uh, although he is also kind of hot. Not gonna lie. He's very hot. That like, uh, look of, you know, like one day stubble, he pulls mm -hmm. off so well. Do you know and what they the, say? The, Do you know the, the Instagram profile de moi? Nope. Oh. Uh, so it's like a celebrity gossip. Um, Instagram profile and every time he is mentioned there are people coming forth saying that he has the most beautiful penis they've seen <laughs> so, and they're actually where have they seen it uh, they, I'm asking for a friend um, it, I'm assuming attached to him uh, but uh, <laughs> they're calling calling him Adrian VPD uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name but uh, yeah it stands for very pretty dick so, um, yeah, that's how he is known in the celebrity gossip world. Like VPD sounds like a, a version of urinary tract infection or something. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Uh, no, but I, I feel, yeah, I felt very conflicted watching this movie because for the first 30 minutes, I was like, I'm enjoying like this. But as soon as the movie sort of switched and started being about like her uh sort of like giving in to becoming more what Miranda wanted. That's when I went like, okay, this movie's taking a really weird turn and it's doing it in like have, have both of you seen Nightcrawler? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that movie has a lot of scenes that are like, okay, this is fucked up, but they're portraying it in a very uh, sort of triumphant way in the movies like context because they wanted it to be like from the point of view of the main character. And this movie kind of feels like that, but it's like this person is becoming like uh turning into the thing that she should be hating because the thing she's turning into is this person that's abusing her and at the same time you have like this power power walking music playing in the background and like montages of like happy snappy people and uh, like very energetic camera movements and stuff and i was just like oh, are we watching the same like am i am i like the the one person in the test audience going like what the fuck is this going on like what's happening here i feel like also like all the like uh, I guess we established that this wasn't a comedy, but like it's actually a horror. Movie. They're all jokes, and like, yeah, all of them are like either like burns on Anne Hathaway's fashion, or like, oh, models are skinny, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how you know it's early two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, the when thigh I... gap was big back then. <laughs> And also, like, it's a movie about fashion, but, like, after her transformation, Anne Hathaway is still wearing a toe ring. Yeah. What? In 2006. I didn't notice. I but she was also wearing the, the Chanel boots. Yeah, I am. <laughs> there, there, I, I, I was going to say that there are a lot of scenes in this movie that when she comes into the office and we're like, damn. And I'm looking at her going like this. Fashion aged out so quickly. Yes, it's like, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything is like loose fitting and we, like asymmetrical and like mismatching patterns and uh, like 
there, there's a style in fashion it's like anything like uh, anything that like shakira would wear in 2003 that's the kind of fashion i'm like okay this is not gonna age well and she did like everything in this movie it's like yeah that's i mean that's that like is that. peak fashion dirty aguilera who wasn't that just latex hot pants oh yeah <laughs> and latex yellow shops. tinted sunglasses <laughs> <laughs> And there was that period of time in the early 2000s where it was like we, we, we sort of had gotten into the consumerism of the end 2000s where like, have you watched the, uh, sometimes I find myself watching like New Year's Eve concerts and it's like how people look right. and it's like, and it's like Bloodhound Gang playing and all of them are wearing like basketball jerseys and bucket hats and stuff. And it's, so, and it's like frosted tips. And I'm like, oh yeah, the 2000s and er like early 2000s were absolutely horrible fashion. Although sense. all of the above made a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think like frosted tips and bucket hats look a lot better on like young lean than they do on the bass player of uh, Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> <laughs> True. And like the 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 ugly ass uh, like a chin strap goatees. The ones that are like I, I need to show that I have a chin, so they make a goat goatee that looks like shit. Goatees on young people is fucking confusing yeah. to me. Yeah, you I see like people it. in like ska bands and like nineties punk wearing goatees, and it's like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I think like mustaches as well on like twenty year olds can look a bit. I, I, I saw Thunder Road the other day, and I wholeheartedly disagree. Mustaches are God-sent gift to any I mean, man. Mustaches can look great, but like on a 20-year-old twenty year old who's like a bit skinny and like tiny, it looks a bit weird, I think. Do you just describe me? <laughs> no, no. You don't have a, like, you, you would, I think you would actually look perfect in a mustache. You, you would. Like, you have, like you have a proper a, Tom Shellick. Yeah, you have a real oh. like your face has that shape. You it would work perfectly. Like if but I, I still if look I have like a... I'm 16, and that's gonna be it's gonna clash. Even though I'm 27, <laughs> you can do plugs <laughs> for a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Put pubic hair in your like. You oh, do a jackass too. <laughs> yeah. Yikes! <laughs> I uh, about uh, Devil Wears Prada. I'm a bit. I'm a bit sad that there were actually no real devils in it like, it would be nice to have, like a real a real I, I, plot twist i think at some point i actually thought this was a movie about like all oh, the devil coming to earth and taking up the role as a fashion person like the devil's advocate maybe she did yeah. <laughs> I, re I read that they were sort of like writing the script before the book was finished so mm -hmm. they differ mm -hmm. a lot and I, then i read like the entire synopsis of the the book and believe it or not that's that story sounds absolutely horrible. Like the book sounds like absolute crap. Like it has Andy living with a roommate who's an alcoholic, and uh, like there are a lot more characters, and uh, like there are some like more people in the like fashion office who are, are like have their own problems. Or it's like they have subplots on subplots, and it's tonally it was so inconsistent. Like this movie is like pretty consistent tonally, even though it's like a weird tone in my opinion, but. At least, like, it doesn't go for, like, hey, your roommate overdosed on alcohol. <laughs> it was interesting to me that you both said that Meryl Streep's performance was not that good. But I feel like... I didn't say it. I don't think it's a bad performance. I think it's too nuanced for this movie. 
Mm. I think Meryl Streep was great in this movie. Like, I think, I think she was giving perfect Anna Wintour because that's how she acts. I think, like, I think she actually did a good job of making a, a, a like character that could be cartoonish be a real, like, feel very realistic. And like, I also like that they show flaws in her that, in a way where they're not trying to portray it as like, oh, there's a reason. Like, she has a reason for being an asshole, but it's more like there are. You, you sort of see the things that are shaping her and why she's such a hard ass. And I, I love the, the sort of contracts when they're, uh, Andy is going to her house and then she accidentally stumbles upon uh, Miranda fighting with her husband. And you sort of see this, you, and the, you see the other side of the coin where Miranda's husband is like, are you working too much? And like, you, it's so difficult being with you. And... Mm-hmm how she's sort of reacting to that position. But it, because it's like, you, when, you, when you're growing up and you have a, 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 like a parent and that parent is like telling you, oh, you did this wrong. And you're like, no, you actually did wrong, but there's no authority above them. So it's like, you just like shit out of luck. <laughs> and this movie kind of felt like you actually got to see the parent in your life having like someone with other authority above them being like, no, you are actually wrong. And it was like kind of, satisfying to see those scenes where you sort of see the ways she is actually being put down by others so it's like the movie doesn't portray her as infallible or like undefeatable because they do show that she has flaws and that she has weaknesses and weaknesses that can be exploited by others like the whole company is trying to be converted to like they're trying to replace her with a french editor and stuff and i i thought that was at least like an interesting subplot but then it kind of didn't really go anywhere. The, the climax of that is basically, yeah, Miranda is an asshole because she found a way to screw out Sandy Tucci's character who did, did not deserve to be screwed out. And then they literally do that. You're not so different, you and I, when they're in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite trope. No, but I, I, yeah, I felt her character was like at least really interesting and nuanced, but... Mm. As Philip said, a lot of it is very much is like being very subtle in uh, her, her like menacing demeanor. Which is nice because she didn't have to be like this overplayed kind of villain terrorizing everyone. She just needed to purse her lips and then everybody shat their pants. And I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah but like, it's like kind of like how because um, like the whole the dramatic part of this movie reminded me a lot about uh, Mad Men. And like, I mean, to be fair, Mad Men had like what seven seasons to do everything, but like, there's like very few times when like Don Draper is a very menacing character, mm-hmm. and he's also like the same. He's like pretty fucked up and flawed. He's like very like cold headed, uh, calm, collected, menacing. But like when when he blows off the handle, it is terrifying, mm-hmm. and and you you never got like there wasn't any build up of Meryl Streep characters really it was more like like she was like falling down like falling from grace more than like building up to show like oh I, she can actually like she can she can you know she can uh, she, she's not all bark she can also bite it was never that moment really yeah it, it's kind of interesting that you're sort of I, if you think about it this this could be like the in media rest in a sense because it feels like there's another story behind like prior to the one of Andy coming in with a different assistant being like tormented by her mm. that has a different fallout. And 
like I could definitely see like a TV show where like every season it's a new secretary <laughs> and you sort of see like <laughs> her character changing. And uh, like I think that would be interesting, but I don't think you can get like Meryl Streep to do like a five season TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I I read actually that they were gonna. Uh, Juliette Lewis was one of the people that they were casting for uh, Anathaway, and I was like, "Oh yes, Philip would love to hear this." Because like, I absolutely hate Juliette Lewis. Oh yes, I'll, you know how much I love vocal fry, and uh, like, I I feel like has she been in anything good? People claim that What's Eating Gilbert Grape is a good movie, which is insane. I haven't watched it. I, I I recently saw Yellow Jackets and she was like the absolute oh. worst part of that movie. I I, I, I heard it this like yeah, I I started no. I've seen like half of it and like every time I watch this like oh I just wish someone cut out all the present day bits. Like that, <laughs> it, it's a uh, it's it's got like the the Walking Dead season two issue where the whole thing is just like people stalling for time with mm, nothing no, happening no. and it's and it's not interesting. And it also had the same problem as like Walking Dead in the sense that the first like two episodes of Yellow Jackets are some of the best like shot uh, scenes. Like, I, don't you like the first two episodes? I thought, but like these are really fucking good. Like, it's like it's, feel... it is it is just bad lost. Lost no, when it, it became it's... pretty bad, but like never this bad. Yeah, but like it wasn't lost at least <laughs> like a bit lower budget compared to this. Like this lost one actually was, looks. The Lost Pilot was the most expensive uh, pilot of all time. Yeah, but it was yeah, then. It, looks it was like NBC. Better. Yeah, it looks better. <laughs> if you talk about playing plane crashes or whatever. No, I, I thought the fake the plane crash in the beginning of Yellow Jack is absolutely incredible. Have like, you seen the plane crash in Lost? I think I've seen is... the fake submarine in Lost. No, but oh, the plane crash <laughs> in Lost is amazing. You get a guy just walking around on the beach and he gets sucked into an engine. Oh yeah, that was good. That mm. it's that is, that is iconic. <laughs> That's like uh, the guy hitting the propeller of the Titanic level of I, iconic. I, I just thought about that. I was like, <laughs> "Yep, that's perfect." <clears throat> Do you have anything you want to talk bring about the, the, this movie, Ned? It's like, is this movie very important to you? Did we sulk it for you? Or... Uh, no, I think I think it's still gonna be as iconic as it was for me. I'm gonna rewatch it again. I'm gonna love it, and. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna quote it until the day I die, which I hope isn't soon, but you never know. Um, uh, uh, I'm gonna say that this is like if I'm visiting my parents and I don't have access to the internet, and it's like if they're playing this movie on TV, I would always watch it. I could see myself. It's like yeah, A Knight's Tale and Forrest Gump. Those are like two movies that like if they're on TV, I'm gonna watch them. It's an amazing family movie. I think there's something for everyone, even the children. Um, and yeah, ever since the, the, I rewatched it the last time, every time my roommate is like cutting onions or doing something slow, I always say, by all means, move at a glacial pace. You know how that thrills me. And uh, <laughs> I'm becoming very annoying. <laughs> like this movie is uh, from an interesting point in time. Like, do you remember when a movie like this could be a tentpole thing? Where like mm -hmm. it could come out in the cinema and it makes like five hundred or like four hundred million dollars and it's like this thing that everyone talk like a drama movie that everyone is talking about like go and watch this and like Fifty Shades of Grey or <laughs> no but like Fifty like Fifty Shades of Grey wasn't that like well received but I'm I'm thinking like this and then like not Titanic maybe but 
there have been like a lot of like drama movies over the years and like i think it, it's the same way how the 90s are pretty interesting in the sense that you had so many like sexual thrillers with like basic instinct and stuff that you kind of go like oh mm. it's like no one makes these movies anymore and no one would go and watch Paul them Paul was kicked out of hollywood <laughs> yeah <laughs> and when you had also like uh oh what's that movie where mark Wahlberg is playing like a, a creepy stalker like and the the main guy from CSI is the father of the girl that Mark Wahlberg is talking. It's like the same oh, thing. Oh like, yeah, I saw that recently. Uh, yeah, uh, I I don't I can't the, remember the, what it's called. The only scene I remember in that movie is the one where like he's telling Mark Wahlberg to get away, and then when he walks away, Mark Wahlberg starts punching his chest, and yeah. you think like it's like oh. this man like manual ritual, but then you find out he's doing it because he wants the bruises so that he can go like to the girl like. Your father beat the shit out of me. <laughs> it, it, it reminded me of that scene in like Wolf of Wall Street when they're doing like the chanting and pumping their like chests. <laughs> Yikes. I gotta watch that one. Have this is with Reese Witherspoon. What the fuck is it called? Uh... Sweet Home Alabama. Was, uh, well, well, okay. Sweet Home Alabama. Was that popular? Uh, it's not Cruel Intentions. What is it called? Fear. Is it just called Fear? Yeah, that's a pretty bad name. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then I saw so not memorable. Well. I'm taking points yeah. away. <laughs> fair, fair is a very silly movie. Oh yeah, it, it has again iconic scenes. It has the scene where Reese Witherspoon gets fingered on a roller coaster. <laughs> oh. is Reese Witherspoon the daughter? Yeah, the it's Reese Witherspoon. I don't remember that shit. No. So, do you have a like when if you have a movie night now, then you're gonna watch a movie like? Devil Wears Prada. What other movies are you like? Do you accompany it with? Is it like this one and uh, Death Becomes Her or anything else? I would say like Mean Girls. I think is a good companion piece. Um, I I do see Regina George becoming Miranda Priestly at some point in her life when she keeps the anger but loses the attitude a little bit uh, <laughs> and then acquires new attitude and <laughs> uh, a better fashion yeah, sense. <laughs> definitely Mean Girls. Oh, Regina was iconic. You know. Everything about did she her, did she, did she actually dress well, did she actually dress well for them when the time came out? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess a lot of people were tired of Pink at that point, but uh, Pink just made such a big comeback. And uh, I, I feel are we like talking from, the colored artist? Uh, so the artist, what? Where is she? Where is she? The last thing I saw about her was she uh, uh, wrote like this long Instagram caption criticizing Rolling Stone for not including her performance in the 25 best <laughs> Grammys performances. And uh, she was right, actually, because she did hang off the ceiling and sang perfectly. But damn. <laughs> oh, that's pissed. like uh, Q-tip level of saltiness. <laughs> yeah. Q-tip? Q-tip was so salty that they didn't, they didn't win a Grammy what was like six years ago. Hmm. Isn't Q-Tip just a producer now? So like, no, the, the, the Tribe did an album six years ago. Ah, uh, Q-Tip. I thought of the like the the like guy who's the like item. stuff with. He has uh, produced a lot. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Pink. To me, I, I'm like I'm waiting for the day when it's like I see a headline that is like Pink beat the sh- beat the shit out of a paparazzi. Like I can see her do that shit. Like that's the stuff I'm expecting to see her do. But the sad part oh, is I don't times. think the paparazzi are. Um interested in her anymore i think they've moved on i watched a video that was about like how katie perry fell off and i was like what and the the, the guy was like explaining like how katie perry is like uh the album i think it was the one where she did the uh, swish swish like that yeah. album 
witness and like how that album was like she basically dropped completely from like the popular culture because music had changed and i sort of realized, realized like the no one is gonna remember Katy perry in 10 years or like 20 years like is that like what? teenage dream like starts off like back-to-back five bangers in a row the like, best pop album it is to date like it's undeniably good Fucking best yeah. Snoop Dogg cameo of all time. Yeah. Greetings. Uh, California Girls. <laughs> yeah. California. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, but in general, like, do you think Katy Perry is going to be remembered? Like, is, is she, when, when we talk about the, 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 this era of pop music, is Katy Perry going to be the one we bring up? I think so. Like, I, yeah. it's like her and Gaga, I think, that era. They defined the 2010s it's, for sure. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think like people are going to be talking more about Taylor Swift than Katy Perry. It's a different ballpark. Yeah. That's I it. mean, they are in, on the same charts, but it's it's different. It's the same, but different. If you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, Katy Perry is due for a big comeback for sure because she did like two bad, not bad, but like not that well received albums. So it's usually the third that brings them back. So we'll see. Still yet to happen for Madonna, but we're waiting. No, no, but no, she doesn't have to because she's ha- she has an ongoing show in Las Vegas at a casino. And everybody like it's critically acclaimed. <laughs> I almost said yeah, critically yeah. Reviewed. She she is like a, <laughs> she she, she does her classics. She does her classics. I mean, you joke with the piece of cash cows. <laughs> They're cash cows, but it's like it's not the it's it's like carrot top has one of those like the the stand up comedian, and it's like you do it if you want the money. It's it's like when you go for a an NBC TV show like NCIS because like you want a steady paycheck and you want to keep on working. I like mm-hmm. one of the most depressing stories about that. Is like, do, do you guys know about Dick Dale, uh, the guitarist? He played he did like the theme song for Pulp Fiction. Okay. I, read, I read that like he got like cancer and then uh, oh, no. he sort of like ha- had to like get uh, like a colostomy bag and he was just like he kept on playing because it was the only way for him to afford health insurance so no. he was like playing and and whenever you found like videos of him playing like live it was like him playing his five classics in like a parking lot for like a new opening of a car dealership and it was like like america get your shit together with health insurance damn that's rough on that political note are we done with uh, the devil wears prada yeah i think we are the devil did wear prada now it's prada. i i feel so, i feel sorry for you ned like that we we kind of bummed you out here oh no you didn't at all like i was not affected by anything said here because <laughs> i just know in my like your opinions mean very little to me <laughs> i know the truth <laughs> uh, yeah. so, mm. philip is you next time yeah i've been i've been thinking a bit what to do um i am leaning horror and i am i think i think i will choose probably the most stacked horror movie of all time casting wise mean i think <laughs> no even even yet even better <laughs> Uh, we're talking probably the best actress of all time. Uh, <laughs> Anne Hathaway. No. In my in my <laughs> opinion. No. Uh, <laughs> the best, the best, the most limited, but still the best actress of all time. So, Is she like January Jones? Uh, like... No. We will be watching uh, <laughs> I Know What You Did Last Summer. Hmm. 
Is it oh Lindsay Lohan? No. What do you mean, Jennifer Love Jennifer Hewitt? Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> uh, okay, I think you and I have beef about her. Unresolved. Uh, yeah, you said she had a Sarah Michelle Gellar had a better triple name, which is not true. No, it's not the better triple name. She's the better actress with three names. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, and I said she's not having the best actress in her marriage with triple names. Oh my. Is, is junior is junior a name fairy prince junior yeah junior is also name. in this and of course who can forget ryan philippe is he having a renaissance who was isn't that? ryan philippe a fucking swimmer like for some reason i think of a swimmer when i hear like i, I remember like oh ryan philippe got six gold medals in the olympic no, games that's, that's what i remember uh, or whatever okay. his name was anyway i look forward okay. to it i know what you did last summer mm, great I, I think this is one of one of those movies that like I might know an entirety of the movie just by like absorbing it from like parodies and or, sketches. Yeah, scary movie probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I just remember like one night when I was like five or something like this. I'm falling asleep and they're playing this on the TV and I'm terrified. I thought this was the scariest shit ever. I don't remember anything I've repressed, so I'm excited to see if it was actually scary. All right then. All right, and on that note, thank you all for listening. That's all. Can we do it again?